1: hey everyone and welcome to real life for a crime daily for thursday january twenty sixth and this is a special drop special episode I'm Jim Chapman
2: and I'm Woody Overton and I'm Mike agavino we didn't expect to be back with you folks uh so quickly but after we recorded our last episode um and uh and that episode discussed a lot of this case that uh, uh that we've all been watching closely in Baton Rouge, the uh, case of Maddie Brooks, the LSU student and uh, the alleged uh, rape uh, that occurred before she was tragically killed. And uh, uh, in the hours after the podcast uh, released, we, uh, we had a bunch of, uh, uh, of activity, a bunch of interest from, our audience to uh, dig deeper, and uh, and a bunch of people coming forward to tell us things that we did not know uh, prior. And so, to to kind of start things off, I'm going to turn it over to Woody and um, have Woody you know give a little bit more background for some of you who are new, uh, as far as his history and uh, uh, and and then we're going to talk a little bit about our approach to this and. Uh, uh, the way we're looking at our responsibility. All
3: right, good morning, y'all. The What Mike's talking about on the history part, I won't bore you with the long details, but uh, career law enforcement and then career on the defense side. But during, and of course, Real Life Real Crime, the podcast, and then Bloody Angle and everything else, but during Real Life Real Crime, the podcast, we've been successful in solving two cold cases um, Courtney Coco's and Mary Pouchet's um, the thing about that is I use crowdsourcing and I didn't even know that was a term at the time and the what I found through the podcast and like we found out yesterday or was proven again yesterday is that people will reach out to us to me and to us and tell us things that they're not prepared to go tell law enforcement now that being said, uh, that led to great success in those past cases. Now, today, what happened, Mike's talking about what happened since yesterday when we released the episode, is a lot of people, I mean, it's the last thing we would expect to happen. A lot of people have reached out uh, and given us information. We, I, I want to say this, first of all and I'm going to skip around a lot, y'all, that um, we are not trying to sensationalize anything by any means. Maddie's case is absolutely horrible enough it, to stand on its own. We are also not trying to be like the people who jumped on the bandwagon after the Idaho murders and give all this false shit out. All right? That's not what this is about. This is, we, we don't know uh, uh, other than, one certain piece of information we're going to tell you about. We don't know if any of these people are telling the truth or not telling the truth. We don't know if they have an ax to grind with anyone or not. Right. But we're, we're, we're going to present to you simply what was told to us. We're not saying it's true or it's false other than one piece. We're not saying it's true or it's false. We don't know. But, we are doing this. None of us slept last night, and all this information is coming in uh, from various individuals on, through social media, et cetera. And as late as two thirty this morning, one of them. And we, in the interest of, I would call it public safety, or bringing this out, and we're going to lay out these, this information that was related to us. Plus, we're going to lay out everything. That's included in this case that came out yesterday since we dropped the podcast. Now, um, again, we don't have any direct knowledge that any of this is true. But what we want to do, the whole point of this is, if this many people reached out in a matter of hours, uns- basically unsolicited, and provided information, and they're saying they were victims or they have knowledge of, of crimes that were committed, et cetera, then I want to, and I know Jim and Mike do too, we want to urge y'all or anyone out there who may have been a victim of someone in this story or or in Maddie's story or anything else. And if you're not comfortable with going to law enforcement, that's what I should have said on the crowdsourcing part, if you're not comfortable for going to law enforcement and you want to reach out, hey me, you may just want to talk about your something that happened to you we will always be here to um, facilitate what you or to hear what you're saying and if you're not comfortable in going to law enforcement and and I will personally hand walk you through whatever whatever, Jurisdiction, it is. It, it, if you're embarrassed, look, most people that are raped, I'll, I mean, I'm talking about like 90%, never report the crime because they're ashamed. You shouldn't be ashamed. If you're a victim of rape, you're a victim, period. But the difference between being a victim and a survivor is if you step up and you move forward and you report this and let the justice system do its thing then you're a survivor. But also, more importantly, what you're doing is if this person, someone offended against you and you don't report it, I get why you don't want to report it. But if you don't report it, guess what? They're going to keep on offending against other people. So let's stop it from happening to other people. Um, this is not a angle that we were thought we were going to go on on Real Life Real Crime Daily, but it's important to all of us, all of us are fathers, and uh, – it's Just huge, but so if you want to reach out, especially on, on this case and, and anonymously, y'all, we have a hotline okay, it's RRC Real Life, Real Crime Daily Hotline, and the number is 225 395 1302. All right, same hotline we used for Courtney Coco's case 225 395 1302. Now that being said, we need to talk, Jim, uh, specifically. The information that we've received, and, and again, we can't validate it or prove it or disprove it, but it's these are real people reaching out for whatever the, the reason may be. Uh, um, we need to proceed with information and tell the story, That's right. And y'all were unscripted on this. This this, I mean, we don't excuse us if we bounce around a little bit.
1: Okay, so we have received a plethora of information over the last day since we released the most recent episode of Real Life Real Crime Daily because we mentioned this particular case with Maddie Brooks on that episode. We have to be very careful. Uh we have no direct knowledge of this, is what he said. Uh, but some things have come out publicly and were posted on social media regarding this situation. We're not going to name the victims. We're not going to name the people that posted this information. And some of this information, we came by it via other sources. But I'm going to read a specific Facebook post. That was public
3: and placed. And everything Jim's going to read, we did not create these posts, people. These these are by other sources. That's correct. Uh, so this is the post.
1: My friend and I, 13 years old and 12 years old, went swimming in a pool with KVM Washington and three other people at the Creekside Crossing Apartments where I was living at after we swam, me and my friend went back up to the apartment and I got in the shower as I was, as I was showering. She tells me that one of the boys that we were swimming with texted and asked her to come inside and she told him yes. So I wrapped my towel around myself and stood in front of the ring camera that was in the living room as she let him walk in. But KVM Washington walked in after uninvited. They walked to the back, and they were all standing in a room. I walked into my sister's room that's connected to the bathroom, too, finishing taking my shower, and Kavian watched him follow me into the room and cornered me and said, come on. I confusedly said, what? And he said, stop playing. And I just kept saying, and then just kept saying, come on. I said no multiple times, and KVON pulled my towel off, threw me on the bed, put his hand over my mouth, and raped me for an, almost an hour straight. When he finished ripping my innocence from me, he got up and he said, go check yourself and walked out as if nothing happened. A little after a year, I built up the courage to speak up about what happened to me. And I spoke up to a detective and the case got brushed under the rug as if it never happened. So I posted my story on social media and I got told I was lying and just wanted attention, got threatened and called all types of names. But a few other girls told me KVIN had also raped and sexually assaulted them. KVM Washington is a rapist and he deserves to rot in prison if he manages to get out. I hope someone finds him he cuts his dick off.
3: All right. So listen, y'all, we this is on social media. We did not create this post. We have no knowledge of if this is the content of this post is is true or not but it's there. This person put it out there and for all the world to see, we don't know if they talked to the detective and, and he got swept under the rug. We don't know any of it. We don't know if if the rape actually occurred. We don't know if this person has an ax to grind, but we're telling you that Jim just read you one of the posts. So after, uh, the show that we, did and
1: dropped yesterday on this case. We also received a anonymous tip that is much, much more verifiable. And it is in regard to some charges in the past of rape. There were actually two different charges. We, we don't know if those were related in the same charge or two separate charges.
3: Meaning we don't know if it's the same victim or two
1: separate victims. And the point of that, and the reason that we bring it up, is history is important in any case. Uh, and the history does not look good for this particular individual in the past. So i th- I think it's very important to bring that up because it paints a picture as this moved along yesterday, we received many other unverifiable social media tips of actual alleged victims who had made statements that this was more common knowledge than what you would think at least to, uh, the young youngsters in involved. And uh it has created a big concern for us as hosts. All of us are parents. Some of us have children that age and it is absolutely disturbing and disgusting. In my opinion, Woody's
2: opinion, Mike's opinion. Jim, can you, go back and just be a little bit more specific about, uh, the charges that were part of this, uh, anonymous, uh, information?
1: Yeah. So I, sh- I certainly can. Obviously we know about the rate charge currently, uh, pending, which just took place in January of 2023. Uh, in right, the actual Maddie, Maddie Brooks charge.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: Also, uh, prior to that, as a matter of fact, it, it dates back to March of 2021. There was a first degree rate charge, vaginal. And in July of 2021, there was a simple rate vaginal charge. Placed against KVM Washington.
3: So, so that is obviously very concerning. And now, we don't know um, if these have been adjudicated or not adjudicated or whatever, uh, but that these appear to be true and correct.
2: So we have
3: strong reason to
2: believe that there were prior uh, charges or one charge that – uh, that evolved uh, from first degree to simple over time, uh, uh, with one of the defendants involved here. Right,
3: so. and, and the thing being, y'all, anybody could be charged for anything. I can go tomorrow and say, Jim, rape me today, regardless of whether or not it's true. It's going to have to be adjudicated. So that's we don't know the status of this, but if it, if they want to say that these. Uh, charges are false, or this is an incorrect record, or whatever. I, I challenge it and approve otherwise, folks. This is this
2: is one of the reasons why it's it's so important. Despite all the reasons that that Woody talked about in the beginning, why people are fearful of coming forward when uh, uh, an incident like uh, uh, like this happens, but it, it, it's so important because. Uh, you know, for law enforcement to have a contemporaneous uh, evidence of uh, of something like this, and being able to access that, uh, there were prior incidents that uh, that that incident was contemporaneously reported. That there was another witness uh, to it. It uh, it just um, makes it a heck of a lot easier to you know, keep these kind of people. Off the street, and I have you know personal experience with a case uh, where uh, you know someone was sort of convicted in the court of public opinion without there being the veracity of contemporaneous uh, evidence, and so uh, it must have been really difficult for that person, whoever it was, who came forward uh, a couple of years ago. But
3: uh, it could prove in this case to be really critical that they did. On that note, I'm going to read you a message. I'm not going to say the name that I got at 2.44 a.m. this morning. It says, hey, Mr. Woody, my name is blank. And I, in all capital letters, was also a victim of KVI on Washington. Sorry for texting so late slash early. That man is an absolute monster. If the law doesn't put their foot down, he will 110% do it again. I'm ready to share my story now. Um, I've reached out to this person this morning because obviously, uh, I'm, I was barely asleep, maybe, but I didn't see it until this morning. And Jim, I think you got a message from the same person. Yes, I did. And and, and try to reach out to him, to them. And what we want to tell you is, if you're ready to go to law enforcement and you don't want to go by yourself or whatever, I will help you go through. Whether it was, um, this guy. I've, from Maddie's case or whatever case y'all would that hotline and we'll help you. All right. And, and, and we want all bad people to go away. KVM Washington is, is the information that we receive y'all. We didn't receive anything about the other three suspects in, in Maddie's case. And um, that's why we're on saying his name, Again, we don't have any direct knowledge that any of this is true, but we're putting it out there. At this, is all social media stuff, anyway. Yeah, so uh,
1: and Woody, I think is very important that we we do highlight that that uh, hey, you know what?
3: anybody can say anything. Right, KV on Washington is innocent until proven guilty. Period. period. But this shit is out there; is for it's in the public, and and anybody can read it. And as we said, we we are not. It will not
1: name any victims uh, unless they chose to go forward and wanted to publicly tell their story, in in which case it would be obvious. But uh, anybody that reaches out to us or has reached out to us, we will not
3: name you any of that. Right. And typically, even the media won't report uh, an alleged rape victim's name. Uh, in Maddie's case, unfortunately, she's dead. This young lady says,
1: Kavion has attempted to rape me multiple times, and he raped one of my friends back in August. So that was a message that we received. Received another message that said, um, obviously, she wanted to remain anonymous, uh, but that she was not surprised he's done it again. He's always been this way.
3: Uh, I I know. These are different people, y'all. Yeah, these are Independent different. Independent of each. Jim, any, any of y'all? these people volunteering to come forward? Only the first one. that read.
1: Only the first one. In, and this one specifically said she wanted to remain anonymous. Um, uh, she the, just basically said so many of us are appreciative of you bringing this to light, he deserves to stay in jail. He puts on a front in front of everyone, but in reality, he's disgusting. He's been doing this since he was at least sixteen.
2: Right. Well, uh, would he correct me if if I'm if I'm wrong? But to those people who uh, who wrote to us and to others who are who are listening to us, if you wish to remain anonymous, you can remain anonymous, and still come forward to us and we can facilitate. Look, guys,
1: um, I just got, while we were talking, while I was reading this Facebook post, I just got a message and I want to read this. This is so disturbing. I'd like to come forward and say I've been raped by KVN as well. I was actually thinking about calling the sheriff's office yesterday, but someone sent me your contact information. So I just thought I, it would be easier to text. All these people are trying to say he's not a rapist. No doubt in my mind he raped her because he's done it to me and multiple other what girls. And this is what time is it? These are
3: all different people. it just just came in while we're recording. These are all young women. You know, what? let's respond to her on one air. Don't call her. but just send her a text and saying we will certainly got her through the process. Um, and, and prepare to bring her to law enforcement. If, if that's what she needs, or I can put her into contact with the person she needs to talk to. This is, uh, I've never seen, uh, so many people come forward on this again. These are all this alleged. Is, this is hours. We're not even twenty four hours from the from from this coming out. It's absolutely horrible. That's what. That's one of the reasons we're doing this. If and, and this guy or anybody else, you know the, the you Mike, we are talking about ahead of time. You talked about the whole Me Too movement. The the you know what? If that's what it takes to get. Victims to come forward, true victims to come forward, and put it down. Hey, that's the right thing to do. It is
1: the right thing to do, and and I know that all these these victims, uh, alleged victims, are scared, and they feel no one will believe them. And I could not imagine
3: being in that situation because I'm a guy number one, and. Really kicked up with it, right? I use AstroPro every time my nasal allergies flare up. And I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get
1: fast, different for us as guys um all of the alleged victims that have reached out to us so far are young girls and um i can only imagine you know the feelings they must have uh but i thank every single
3: one of them for reaching out yeah yeah young ladies because we're not dealing with with uh, juveniles that are talking to us without their parents permission
2: um in my experience, at least in recent years, I think it's less about um, the fear of no one believing them, and more about the fear of
3: retribution. Victim shaming. Yeah. Uh,
2: more about the fear of, of you know,
3: retribution directly from uh, uh, from the person who raped. Yeah, them. Yeah, but that person they can't ret- uh, they can't act out against them mm-hmm. if they're locked up but I get what you're saying. And, and uh, their fear is that, that they they're not going to be believed. They're not going to get locked up. The other bad, horrible thing is this damn victim shaming. And, and, and even in Maddie's case, they're like, Oh, she was drunk. She deserved it. I, Fuck you. Nobody deserves to get raped and, and then run over because you put them out of the car. No, but it, just judging from our
2: podcast and the number of people who have reached out in, a twenty-four hour period, it would it would make sense that the numbers are pretty large here in terms of uh, of, of of accusers. That um, uh, and if if there if there are that many people, um, and there's a way for those people to not from law enforcement, but from the for their identities to be protected from the public, um, I would imagine that they feel uh, much safer coming forward. And, and Woody, when when you when you come forward in a case like this, while the prosecution and you know everyone on the inside, from a legal standpoint, has to know who you are, mm. y- you can be protected from it being released publicly.
3: Uh, they. It's no law on the, the releasing publicly unless it's a juvenile. But I've never known a news media organization that is going to put the rape victims or alleged rape victims name on the news. They will just say that um, on such such date, Joe Blow is being charged with the rape of a victim that occurred in such such place. Now if it's if it's a juvenile, it's a totally different ball game. Right. Uh, um, so, so you're, but at, you're at some point, the, the, the person is accused does have the right to confront their accuser. It's in the constitution,
2: but your professional experience is that, uh, in a situation like this, someone who came forward would not have their identity exposed publicly. Yes, the uh, the defendant has a right that, to face
3: their the, accuser they, in court. They wouldn't but. be they wouldn't be exposed. I don't think during the investigation The, the law enforcement certainly is not going to go out there and say Sally Sue said that Joe Tom did this to them. Right? Um, if it goes to trial or, or then in the court hearings, et cetera, the they're not going to advertise it. Okay, um, what the alleged suspects going to do? Who knows? But but let me tell you this, y'all. It's not like I don't even know what you see in the movies. I'm going to tell you what the experience is. If you are a, you believe you're a victim of rape, and you walk in, and people this, this, people come to talk to me all the time through the podcast, etc., about it because I guess they think I'm more personal or whatever. And I used to do it, but let me tell you something. They're really good guys that make their careers, and that that all they do is help victims. And I know these, these Amen. people, and I will I will personally bring. I talked to one of them this morning on the phone. And I say, hey, if if these people want to talk, you know, he said, hey, you you better believe we'll work it. You better believe. I mean, and I already knew this, right? I, I used to work with them back in the day. The the and so just if you and i don't care who the suspect is if you are and you're hesitant to come forward i urge you to come forward because your story needs to be told uh, you can remain anonymous if we go to law enforcement you go you proceed forward and just think about this that charges get made against this person conviction gets done you're stopping them from offending against someone else and i think that's the most
1: important piece Of what we're doing today, and I can assure any of you that come forward, Woody, Mike, you will be protected. You will not. We will never, ever, ever say anything you've told us. All we're going to do is lead you in the direction that you can get some resolution on these horrible
3: acts that were committed. We won't say anything you told us with your name on it, like we read these. Anybody in the world could have read eighty percent of these posts that we read today because they were on social media, right? The way you direct messages, they and in we're not gonna say your name and we're not gonna go run into law enforcement and say, Oh, this person said this, right? That unless you tell us to.
1: Yeah, and and as we have already said several times, you know, these are messages. We weren't there. We you and, know and, we, hey and, we don't
3: know. And but absolutely there's a lot of commonality. Everything we've gotten is horrible, but I'm gonna say right now, even though even in the Maddox case that uh KVL Washington's been charged, but he's still innocent to proven guilty. These uh, we don't know what anyone's motive is about anything, but we certainly believe in the justice system and these cases need to be adjudicated. And to prove not, false or true yes
2: adjudicated not in the court of public opinion That's but exactly in, right
3: not like Idaho where everybody was trying to you know blame everybody and all, and destroy people's lives we're not trying to destroy this dude's life we're we're simply saying stating things that are already out there right. but we, if, we did not make this shit up right. but right? if
2: uh if some combination of uh these allegations we've received were true
3: yeah.
2: and they had been brought to the authorities contemporaneously with uh, uh, with the alleged dates that uh, that they occurred. Is it your opinion that uh, if adjudicated and found to be true, uh, this guy wouldn't have been out there
3: and this girl wouldn't be dead? Ooh, that's, I mean, certainly if anyone had, to prior rape arrest and they got convicted of it they wouldn't they would have been locked up and not been able to go to reggies in, in Tigerland and that would Maddie or anyone else that is the the reason the overwhelming
2: reason to search deep for the courage yeah and we don't know forward.
3: we don't know what happened to these other charges we don't know what's going to happen in the charges in Maddie's case we're about to read you something that as far as my knowledge has not been publicly posted yet but this is a matter of public record this is not to sensationalize anything this is not to our hearts go out to maddie's family it's just absolutely horrible but we're, we're about to read you something uh, to our knowledge it not been shared with the public yet, but it is a matter of public record, Joe. Yeah, it's the affidavit for arrest warrant. And in any any
1: case that you arrest somebody and you have to get a warrant, uh, you have to detail out the evidence that led to that arrest. So we're going to warn you right before we start this. It's disturbing. We're going to read it word for word. And the reason that we're going to do that. Is we want to give you the absolute accurate information as it's written in the affidavit. So some of this will be something you uh, that's going to be hard to hear. State of Louisiana versus Kavion DeAndre Washington. I, Tark Mokdoff, a detective lieutenant currently commissioned with the deputy sheriff with the EBR Sheriff's Office, wish to inform the 19th Judicial. That the 18-year-old accused KVM Washington violated Louisiana Revised Statute titled Third Degree Rape. On January 16, 2023, at 16:49 hours, I was tasked to assist our traffic division with a fatality investigation. On January 15th at approximately 2:50 hours. The traffic division responded to a fatal crash on Burbank Drive in East Baton Rouge Parish. The victim, a 19-year-old female pedestrian, was struck by a vehicle while in the roadway. The victim was transported to a local hospital where she later succumbed to her injuries. I learned during the investigation, prior to the incident, the female was seen in a local bar with four male subjects. I later learned that one of the subjects was identified as Kayson Carver, the co-defendant. At approximately 18, 10 hours on January 16th, the co defendant arrived at the sheriff's office headquarters where he was verbally advised of his Miranda warning. The co defendant voluntarily waived his right to an attorney and agreed to provide a statement. Post Miranda, the co defendant admitted that on January 15th, 2023, his 17 year old juvenile male friend, his 18 year old friend, Mr. KVM Washington, and Mr. Washington's uncle all went to a local bar. Located on Bob Pettit Boulevard in East Baton Rouge Parish, the co-defendant admitted while at the bar, he and his friends consumed alcoholic beverages. The co-defendant also admitted the victim consumed alcoholic beverages while at the bar. The co-defendant denied knowing the victim or ever seeing her before. The co-defendant admitted that he and the others were leaving the bar for the night. The victim walked with them. The co-defendant stated the victim was very unstable on her feet and was not able to keep her balance and was unable to speak clearly without slurring her words. The co-defendant admitted he witnessed the victim and his 17-year-old juvenile friend as they were hugging and walking together. The co-defendant stated that the victim asked for a ride home and he he admitted that he agreed to give her the ride because he did not want to leave her while very intoxicated and the bar was closing. The co-defendant stated he asked the victim about her friends, but she was drunk and did not know where her friends were. The co-defendant admitted the victim got in his vehicle with his friends. The co-defendant stated he sat in the driver's seat, and Mr. Washington's uncle sat in the front passenger seat. The co-defendant stated his 17-year-old juvenile friend, the victim, and Mr. Washington sat in the rear seat. The co-defendant stated he asked the victim for her address, but she fell over and could not answer him. Mr. Carter admitted that he drove a short distance to a nearby street, possibly Jennifer Jean Drive, and parked. The co-defendant stated he overheard his 17-year-old juvenile friend as he asked the victim five times if she wanted to have sex with him. The co-defendant stated the victim gave verbal consent to his 17-year-old juvenile friend. The co-defendant stated the victim and his 17-year-old juvenile had sex in the vehicle's rear seats. The co-defendant stated while his 17-year-old juvenile friend and the victim were having sex, Mr. Washington exited the vehicle. The co-defendant stated once his 17-year-old juvenile friend finished the sex acts with, with the victim, Mr. Washington returned to the vehicle and his 17-year-old juvenile friend exited the vehicle. The co-defendant admitted he had heard Mr. Washington ask the victim multiple times if she wanted to have sex and she consented. The co-defendant admitted Mr. Washington then had sex with the victim in the rear of the vehicle. The co-defendant admitted that he and Mr. Washington's uncle were made in the front seats of the vehicle while the sex acts were being performed on the victim. The co-defendant stated that once he stated, "We've got to stop this. Let's go." Mr. Washington and the victim stopped having sex and put their clothes on. The co-defendant stated he then drove away in from the area and went to bring the victim home. The co-defendant admitted while the sex acts were being performed on the victim, he felt uncomfortable and he hated it. The co-defendant stated he thought the victim was drunker and her speech was slurred. During the interview, the co-defendant was asked if the victim was too impaired to consent to the sexual intercourse, and he replied, I guess. The co-defendant stated they drove around attempting to locate where the victim lived and finally dropped her off in a subdivision. On January 18th, a post-mortem examination of the victim's body was performed by the coroner's office. During the autopsy, the pathologist reported the victim had injuries consistent with previous sexual assault anally. It was also reported that the victim's urine sample collected at the EBR coroner's office tested positive for THC. On January 19th, 2023, I received a copy of the medical records from the time of the victim's admittance to the hospital. Per the medical records, a sample of the blood was collected, and her blood alcohol content was 0.319. The medical records also showed the victim tested positive for THC. The effect of a blood alcohol content between 0.250 and 0.399 are listed as alcohol poisoning and loss of consciousness. According to the video footage obtained from the said bar of the surrounding business, the victim was seen arriving at the bar at 2206, which is 10.06 p.m. At approximately 10.18 p.m., the co-defendant and the others were seen arriving at the bar. Inside the bar, the victim and Mr. Carson's 17-year-old juvenile friend were seen hugging and dancing. At approximately 1 o'clock a.m., the victim was seen sitting on a stool by the counter at the bar. The victim was then seen getting up, adjusting her pants, and fall, and stumbling backwards. The victim got back on her feet with the help of three individuals. At approximately one thirty-four, the victim was seen sitting on the bench outside the entrance door. The victim was then seen getting up and fell. The co-defendant's 17-year-old juvenile friend was then seen walking toward the victim and removed her baseball cap. The victim was then seen grabbing the co-defendant's 17-year-old juvenile friend's hand while getting back on her feet. At approximately 1.49 a.m., the co-defendant, the victim, and others were seen leaving the bar. And at 1.51, the co-defendant, the victims, and others were seen walking toward the location of the parked vehicle. At approximately 1.54 a.m., the victim and co-defendant's friends were seen getting inside the vehicle. And at 1.59, the vehicle was seen headed towards Nicholson Drive. Approximately 50 minutes later, the victim was involved in the deadly crash. On January 21st, 2023, I contacted the 17-year-old juvenile friend's mother. The mother stated her son did not want to provide a statement. I also contacted the accused, Mr. Washington, at the sheriff's office where he verbally advised of his Miranda warning. Mr. Washington waived his right to an attorney and agreed to provide a statement. At the beginning of the interview, Mr. Washington expressed that he was sad about the victim's death and stated we were the last people she seen. Mr. Washington admitted that he and his friends left the bar and the victim and walked together towards his vehicle. Mr. Washington stated as he was walking behind the victim and his friends, he laughed and in his mind, he said, how y'all going to meet a random girl and just bring her home? Mr. Washington also admitted that the victim did not have her balance and she was stumbled. Mr. Washington stated as he approached the vehicle, the victim attempted to open a random vehicle car door. Mr. Washington stated he and his friends had to tell the victim she was pulling on the wrong car door. Mr. Washington stated once they left the bar, he witnessed the victim and his 17-year-old friend as they touched each other in private areas while in the vehicle. Mr. Washington stated his 17-year-old juvenile friend had his hand on the victim's vagina over her clothing. Mr. Washington stated the victim also had her hand on the 17-year-old juvenile friend's penis area over his clothing. Mr. Washington denied witnessing sex between the victim and a 17-year-old friend and denied having sex with the victim. Mr. Washington also stated the victim was drunk and stated, like, when I tell you drunk, drunk. She was drunk. Mr. Washington also admitted that he and his friends dropped her off at a subdivision near the crash scene and admitted that his uncle went to a bar with him and his friend and he identified his uncle as Mr. Lee. Once Mr. Washington was asked for his reference oral DNA, DNA swab, he requested an attorney. I noted several search warrants were applied for and granted in reference to this investigation and based on the code of evidence voluntary statements and the medical findings I request an arrest warrant be issued for
3: Mr. Washington's arrest for third degree rape anal there you go I mean, we're not going to speculate y'all we're not going to say anything other than what's in there uh, to the best of our knowledge this is first time it's been fully read I, I can't say that for sure but there it is, in that, is public
1: record. Now, one of the questions that we've been getting a lot, and really we asked the question at the beginning. I asked the question, and I think it's becoming less and less of speculation. Now, is where were her friends? That's been something that I thought as soon as the situation took place. You know, you have you have wing. Wing ladies and wing men, when you go places that kind of watch out for you, um, from what what re- reports are coming out now, she worked at the bar in question, and I don't believe she worked there anymore, that's what I'm hearing, but she had friends that worked, her friends were there, they were just employed there, whether it was waitresses, bartenders, whatever, um, so no one has came out and said I was with her and everything that I personally have researched is telling me she was not with somebody at this bar. She went to the bar to visit with friends that worked at the bar. That is purely uh, the, 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 what the research is showing. So people that are asking where her friends were, there's no proof that she went actually specifically with a bunch of girls, and they
3: just left her by herself. Yeah, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if her friends were there or not. It, nobody deserves to be raped in an alcoholic stupor. Correct. And, and so we're, I mean, I'm not even going to speculate on that. The It doesn't matter if these allegations are correct. Then uh, we just heard the public record that, I mean— Certainly, people give it their own version of their statements for whatever reasons may be. All we can tell you is that is public record. That is what the arrest warrant was based off of.
1: And we did want to mention that uh, two of the individuals involved
3: in the four that were charged have bonded. Yes, they they, they bonded out, and y'all, you can all you got to do is Google um, Madison, and you can find all the up to date stuff on it we were just bringing you from the standpoint of the as jim said plethora of information that we've gotten again we can't validate or or say all of it's not true it um it is what it is we urge any victims to come forward go to law enforcement directly if you don't want to contact us Folks,
2: we weren't birthed as a breaking news organization, but today we've broken format to become a breaking news organization. And we've tried very hard to deliver you the information we have without a lot of commentary, without any speculation, just what we know and, uh, uh, and in uh, future episodes, which may come at you uh, as breaking news in a different uh, time period than we normally release, we're going to stay on top of this case, and we're going to tell you what we know when we know it. And uh, uh, we're also going to ask those of you out there that may know anything about this case, may have a prior experience, and not come forward in the uh, in the past. That you can feel safe coming forward, calling that hotline number, which again. Is two two five three nine five one three zero two. That call will be kept in the strictest of confidence,
3: unless you tell us otherwise.
2: And normally we we end
1: every episode kind of in a cheering mood, but today uh, we're just going to end it. Yes, and it's just uh, disturbing. And we will see you soon with with. Uh, with another episode of Real Life Real Crime Daily. So until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton.
2: And I'm Mike Agavino.
1: See you next time. Peace. Peace.